You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to the first episode of our new dedicated LFL podcast, LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows, and joining me for this episode is my spitball co-host, Marcus Henson. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Really getting excited about this upcoming LFL season, especially on the back of the Australia season, but we'll come to more of that later on. In this first episode, we will be giving you a preview of the upcoming 5th LFL US season, which begins on April the 5th, 2014, with the Green Bay Chill taking on the defending champions, Chicago Bliss. Also, being as this is our first official LFL dedicated podcast, we also have a special guest for you, and you can find out who that is later on in the show. Before we move on to the upcoming season, I thought it would only be fair to first have a look back at all of the things that we enjoyed about last season of the LFL in the US, and see what games and moments really stood out for us. So... With that in mind, Marcus, where would you like to start? Oh, I think the best place to, to start would be uh, look at the Legends uh, Legends Cup final. Oh, uh, yeah, between Chicago Bliss and uh, Philadelphia Passion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the game itself, it ended up turning out to be a bit of a whitewash, didn't it? I don't really know what happened to Philadelphia. The, the best thing to describe it would really be to... Uh, to say that they choked big time they had a bit of a Denver problem didn't they the way I, I sort of looked at it I mean I was looking back through their season and their entire season was sort of encompassed by the close game they, I mean from their, their record of course they had that one game that was cancelled but two wins uh, and a loss all really coming on very close games you know like uh, 21-19 2019 so for me their, their game plan really for the entire season was keeping games nice and close and trying to, to win it through the end and of course once Chicago started to take that lead and start to progress with it I just feel like you could see Philadelphia weren't a chasing team so inevitably the game just started to keep slipping out of their hands as, as Chicago gained that bigger lead and you knew that they weren't going to come back from it and it's a real shame really because Philadelphia have got one of the talented running backs or most talented running backs in the LFL with Mary Rose Roach last season she really impressed me with just the cutting and the speed just everything she she did when she got given the ball she tried to make as much happen as possible but unfortunately you can't have it all rest on one person's shoulders can you really no and unfortunately for for Philadelphia it's becoming um, an all too familiarity really with um the last couple of years making lots of headway and getting into the final game but not actually you know taking the crown so much yeah indeed well let's step away from that now and look at some other things that uh, impressed us last year I want to start by talking about a couple of uh, well a tackle machine and a big hitting monster uh, the tackle machine being Teresa Petrozello of Cleveland Crush just thought what a linebacker she is again gets to the ball tackles hard plays fast what other good things can we say about her I think yeah she's got the veteranship that she really brings to uh, a team she understands how to play her position and really I think with her transition this year over to the heart I think that's going to make a great addition to the heart's actual team and really that's the sort of person you want to be adding um, to a second year team I mean They've gone through the tough initiation of rookie season and now you're looking to add some veterans just to, to bump up your core. 
And thinking of big hits, obviously we had Ashley Solano last year. She was dishing out the big hits from free safety and also when she was running with the ball at quarterback. Some not necessarily strictly legal, but they did look quite fantastic. Oh, Ashley, Ashley, wow. You know, where you been hiding this? I mean, we all know that she's a strong quarterback, um, but transitioning over to sort of the the um, the Iron Man, or in this case, Iron Woman role of playing both sides of the ball, and uh, especially the, the hit on uh, Kelly Schroeder. Woo! My word, just completely train wrecked. And, and of course, as you said, running with the ball as quarterback uh, over poor Ali Alberts. Um, she really showed um, that she had the metal for the game. Yeah, absolutely. We must obviously say that that hit you just mentioned there, that was the not the Ali Alberts, um, but the one on Kelly Schroeder. That's the one that was the illegal hit because she was a defenseless receiver. But at the same time, if she'd have maybe just got there a step later, I think it would have it would have still had just absolutely devastating effect. But uh, fair play to Schroeder, who just bounced back up and got on with the game. Also with Ali Alberts in mind, she was another player, of course, that impressed last year. Being her rookie season, she did seem to become a favourite target of Heather Fairs. Yeah, there were some great um, rookie wide receivers last year. Um, and actually, surprisingly, we just mentioned um, pretty much both of them, really. Schroeder and uh, Alberts. Um, I, I just, the great season um, for emerging wide receivers. And sticking with Chicago, actually, Christelle Ferrari-Harris what can you say about her man she was impressive I mean she was really I mean they understood in Chicago how to get the best out of her you know, 98 attempts 596 yards uh, 11 touchdowns I mean an average of 6.1 I mean when you're trying to progress the ball 10 yards I mean you're averaging 6.1 you've got 4 downs those odds are good in your favour and I think that was a great plan in, in twin with uh, Fur at quarterback they really had a strong offence to go with their actually really strong defence too I think that's a great part of why they made such a great championship team well absolutely because they had Rice as well as the the pass rusher as well didn't they the entire defence really was uh, tweaked in to sort of support that role now you look at the stats and yes they did tend to give up maybe a little bit in the air and such but it was really they were a pressure t- a pressure defence and I think really they're going to have to keep maintain that through this upcoming season to to keep you looking strong but last year um, really intense really fiery brilliant to watch indeed and that brings us on nicely to one of my highlights of last year it was more at the end of the season but it was of course actually getting to meet Heather Fur when I was in Chicago it was a fantastic experience and uh, great to actually be able to meet the league MVP how many times do you get to do that in a lifetime so that was fantastic also thinking of league MVPs or previous MVPs no Liz Gorman last year which I was really disappointed about no you're a big uh, Gorman fan and really it was, it was one of those ones of course with a short season and such you know only getting played four games the injury sort of crept in and sort of sidelined her unfortunately but um, I think maybe it gave a chance for others to sort of step up to the team give others a chance to sort of make their impression and, and I think temptation would be better for her that being there but um, yeah should be great to actually see her back on the pitch again yeah absolutely especially if she ends up playing alongside Solano at safety that could be quite the combination there but let's go on to a final couple of things one which I'm sure if we did a gear grinding session I think this would probably be right up there on your list of what really grinded your gears last year and that was Seattle going undefeated for the regular season and then losing in the playoffs Marcus 
Well, sorry about this, but as you can see, we're definitely uh, suffering from a technical problem. We'll soon be able to return to the programme. But in the meantime, uh, all I can do is just play some music and do please bear with us. 48 and 50 seconds. Well, so much for a no-brainer. Clearly, there's plenty of people in here with no brain. Thank you for staying with us. I'm getting the information that we can now go back. There we go, stand by. So, just to finish off with a couple more points from last season, starting with one thing that I'm sure if we did this segment for the LFL, it would have been something that really grinded your gears, Marcus, and that was <laughs> Seattle and their undefeated season, followed by losing in the playoffs. Coming into it with such a great offence and the way that they managed to um, move the ball and just almost decimate opponents, it seemed really odd that for some reason they, they came into the, the playoffs and just completely lost their focus. Um, was it because the overcomplicated scheme? You know, everyone's saying, you know, we've got over 100 offensive plays. For me, I think it was really the mentality coming in. Chicago were more hungrier. They'd come in off, uh, you know, off a big win over temptation. And going through the history, actually, you look at it, and um, for the mist. Chicago have always been that kind of bogey team. I mean, you go back to their last time that these two played, and Chicago whooped them um, 41-12 back in 2011. So um, they've always seemed to have had a, a sort of grey area when it comes to playing the Bliss. And it seemed, I think, to be fair, they just came up against an informed Chicago side and just couldn't adjust. That's it, because the back end of last year, Chicago had a couple of games in a row as well. And we know that playing once every sort of seven, ten days is a big help, especially in the LFL, because you, like you say, you keep on a roll. You may have slight injury niggles, but you're still mentally switched on to the game and, and to play sort of two, three games in consecutive weeks, I think must really, really help the players. Yeah, that's one thing I really think. Um, like I said, um, the consistency there, and also I think the big one was beating the temptation the week before, um, 19-12. I mean, coming into this, before they played, uh, before the Bliss played LA, they were actually 0-4 five all time playing LA they've never beaten LA and I think beating LA finally in the playoffs on the road to then take on Mist I think really sort of summed Bliss up um, and put them in that right mental attitude to come in fighting winning spirit and that's that dogged determination sealed it for me fair play and just one final thing to mention then before we move on to the next part of our show and that is Green Bay's offence led by uh, Annie Erla and Anna Heisman. Oh, ma, that was just fantastic. Number one offense, 210 average yards per game. Absolutely awesome. However, there's a flip side to the coin here, and that is when you're number one offense and you've got the number 12 defense. I mean, dead last, wooden spoon, giving up 193.8 yards per game on average. You know what they say, defense wins championships. And, you know, had number one offense but no defense. Uh, come on guys yeah that's that's very true actually you'd have to say that would be the, the one criticism of Green Bay wouldn't you the, the lack of defence there so we'll have to wait and see if they improve on that this year how does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL performance training focus yet ever active in their community film study practice in superb condition, leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. Are you? 
now time for us to take a look ahead to the upcoming season by going through the notable team changes and players we are looking forward to watching this year. Some of them, there'll obviously be a little bit of a crossover from earlier on in the show, so apologies for that. But where shall we start with the news for... 2014, what changes have really caught your eye? Uh, well, it seemed that, you know, going to uh, 2014, the first game of the season, really the first game of the season that gets me um, eye-opening is the fact that Green Bay now is in Milwaukee. Yeah, very much. I'm not quite sure what they made. I think it was probably to do with the arena size, wasn't it? They obviously felt that they could get more of a capacity into the arena there at Milwaukee, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you've got probably a bigger, uh, bigger arena and, you know, Milwaukee itself is a, is a bigger metropolitan area, so possibly more fans I mean it's what half an hour maybe away from actual Green Bay itself so you're still within the locale as it were that's it and they're keeping the name as far as I'm aware so keeping it to Green Bay Chill despite the move to Milwaukee so not really much is going to change like we say except for their home stadium we briefly covered this earlier as well but Teresa Petrozello moving from Cleveland Crush or what was formerly Cleveland Crush to Omaha Heart Cleveland Crush has now obviously become Toledo Crush I think that's an amazing addition um, as far as as Omaha go that is just that's a big pick up there and I think it's going to do them so much better for this season I mean they had the second ranked defence last year well, they had problems on offence moving the ball but however their defence was solid as a rock and I think adding uh, Puerto into that is just going to be awesome however Cleveland to uh, Toledo again I think that's probably something to do with an arena and I'm guessing the fact that to get the facilities probably incur um, a name change so you know they're all just little technicalities and I think you just have to see how they run really Cleveland itself team just needs a bit of restructure and I think they could actually come out you know and put a decent fight up excellent something else I'm looking forward to seeing this year is of course we have a new rookie class now last year towards the back end of the year back on October the 26th for most teams nationally there was a couple where the dates got moved obviously to coincide with the locations of the teams moving but there was national tryouts across the league on October the 26th every team hosted them and I'm sure they probably managed to find some great players moving into this season like you said we mentioned earlier uh, about um, Albert and Schroeder you know the great wide receiving class last year and there were sort of some others that really came out defensively uh, some other good defenders coming out but it's it's the really the the necessary sort of life force of a league such as LFL is you need to keep the rookies um, coming through the doors you've got to keep people getting interested not just in watching it but you want, you've got to keep people interested in, in giving it a try and playing it and I think the one thing as well you get with rookies is the continual involve, involvement sorry, of the sport so the more rookies coming in the better quality the rookies are going to be the better standard the game's going to get because they're getting more athletic they're getting to learn the game more and we're looking at a lot more sort of high school and college athletes coming through into the LFL Ultimately, that's where you want to see it going. You want to, you don't want to see the the idea of um, bigger arenas. What you want to actually see is you want to see better play making for better arenas rather than just making the world go around. What we want to do is we want to see the league improve itself and ultimately develop itself into um, into what it could be, uh, you know, which is a leading sport. And with that in mind, do you think then perhaps instead of then having open tryouts, we could look to evolve it into actually having an LFL draft? How amazing would that be? 
that would be amazing I think something like that would definitely be worth pushing forward I think to get that going it would be nice to actually see possibly then if we start looking to maybe even introducing a college system so some of the bigger colleges that are open to it you know maybe some of the um the fact is that colleges probably have the facilities to help run this and get stuff started and you'd like to possibly see the idea of maybe you know teaming up so that way teams and maybe colleges could work in tandem so you could have University of Chicago working with the Bliss and stuff and if you, you see where I'm getting it you know what yeah I'm just like, so uh, that they could share ex- well not experiences but the coaching staff from the Bliss will then help out with say their local university Absolutely. coaching just to get them on their way get them up to speed and then leave it to the university to run and then again fall into a draft I think if we could ever get to a point where there was an LFL college system and an LFL draft I think that would really sort of capture the essence of the sport just show how much it's evolved and basically make people start to take it as seriously as it needs to be taken as a competitive sport absolutely completely 100% agree so looking at the schedule then for 2014 we noticed that there is actually a couple of absentees from this year's schedule being Minnesota and Philadelphia who have actually suspended play for the year Philadelphia I believe are looking to come back in about 2015 but it's due to a lack of attendances and uh, in the area really and we obviously had the game like we said Philadelphia got one of their games got cancelled last year but it's a real shame because I really like the whole outdoor arena and we saw with Australia how well the outdoor arena works so maybe we'll look to see some of that moving forward as well in the US but um, we'll obviously see so We've now got new look conferences. We still have a split between East and West, but we have five teams in each. And what fixtures from the schedule are you looking forward to? I mean, for me, um, there's three that really, really sort of cement themselves as sort of like tasty, tasty sort of targets as far as um, setting a date in the calendar. And that's, of course, the season opener, Bliss and Chill in, in Milwaukee. I really think that's going to really show what Bliss have still got to come back through and still see um, I mean that chill offence is always amazing to watch and see whether they've progressed at defence to make them competitive um, the, uh, another one April 19th is the Omaha Heart at uh, Jacksonville Breeze oh yeah the rematch uh, <laughs> from last year after that big upset the, not only the big upset but also like I said your Puerto Lozella in there now so I really want to see how that defence works have they got an offence that is actually going to complement the defence can they make a, a charge in their second season to be uh, um, a team to be seen with like I say Breeze it's do they actually can they come out of the fighting gust as they did last year but maintain it and not have that that chip that's ultimately lost in the playoff first and um, the last one I've got really is August the 2nd which, which uh, for me is just a classic now it's almost becoming a classic I mean it's called Pacific Cup and Miss at Temptation oh it's going to be a brilliant one yeah absolutely agree like the Mist versus the Temptation that's definitely a game that I'm looking forward to there's some others on there as well actually I'm re- really looking forward to seeing how the Toledo Crush get on because I think when they were Cleveland last year they had their moments so they had a great defence be good to see how they cope with the loss of Petrozello if they've got someone that's a rookie perhaps that's going to step in and, and fill her shoes 
Jacksonville I'm looking forward to seeing all of their games really because it'd be interesting to see how KK Matheny progresses this year if she is still the starting quarterback or if they they bring in a backup so obviously she had her problems last year didn't she so it just seemed like there was a, after a couple of games she just couldn't stay on her feet she was just getting hit left right and centre yeah no offensive line of course uh, I still don't know whether or not she's an LFL caliber quarterback I think she might be a bit too small doesn't allow her to read defences and way too much pressure which made her throw way too many bad choices yeah I totally agree and then also really just looking forward to Las Vegas Sim because I believe they have a new head coach going into this season so be interesting to see how that affects their play see whether they can come back and be a high class caliber team as of the, the scene of a few years ago absolutely dominant that's it well, as long as they can keep Danica Brace healthy we know they're going to have a, a good defence oh yeah I mean Danica Brace again one like Puerto that was just completely veteran core of a defence and really um, should be on a, a team that really gives her the credit and the gusto that um, needs to, to progress her, her game forward well, I think that covers it enough as far as the schedule is concerned. So, as we say, the season kicks off on Saturday, the April 5th, with Chicago Bliss taking on the Green Bay Chill in Milwaukee. And the season goes right through to September the 6th. So, it takes you nicely into the NFL season, which, again, we can't wait for that to start, can we, buddy? Oh, no. So, it is a great off-season filler in between the, the NFL. And, let's say, one day... It will be hopefully a, a sport of its own that won't need to be a filler. Maybe it will coincide with the league. Who knows? We'll see what happens there. The success or failure of a franchise largely rests on the performance of one person, the quarterback. No other position affects the outcome of a game more. They dazzle fans with 40-yard bombs and rip their hearts out with mind-boggling mistakes. They blend reckless abandon and measured resolve to etch their names in the history books. They create dynasties and fulfill destinies. They go out scratching, crawling, and fighting for every last chance at glory. They are football royalty, the generals of the gridiron. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our special guest. For those familiar with the LFL, you'll know this lady needs an introduction worthy of her status. It is my great honour and privilege to introduce the two-time league MVP, quarterback for the defending champion Chicago Bliss, Heather Rockstar Fair. Welcome to the Bullhawks Nest, Heather. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. The LFL is continuing to grow across the states and across the world, really, at the moment. And with that in mind, I was wondering if you might be able to give our listeners a brief insight into the LFL. Well, I mean, it is growing at a very rapid pace. This is my fourth season in the U.S., playing for the Chicago Bliss. There are four teams, in, or five teams now in Canada. There's four over in Australia. I believe Dublin, Ireland um, has already had tryouts, so they'll be having a team. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. I believe also in Mexico City there's going to be a team. Um, I think the vision right now is to have kind of a world tour and a world championship before um, other countries are able to get a league like the US, Canada and Australia have this season Oh fantastic, so that's the ultimate plan is it to kind of almost have a, a world bowl where you'll get teams from each of the different countries competing against each other Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's what 
what we're working towards. It's hard because we have one commissioner and he runs all of the teams. So, you know, he's bouncing around like crazy trying to get these teams together. And, you know, I know Australia was a huge hit, huge, huge hit, and their season just ended. So we'll see what happens now. Absolutely. And um, with that in mind, actually, did you get a chance to catch any of the LFL Australia season? You know, I did watch a couple of games, a lot of the highlight clips. I've just been so busy over here. We started up practice about a month ago. So I'm just really concentrating on what I'm doing. And I do, um, I've actually been in touch a lot with Jacinda Barclay. She was the quarterback for the Northwest Surge. So that was pretty awesome that in her, you know, rookie season, she, she won it all. Uh, she actually came to a couple of the Chicago Bliss practices. She was over here in the States and said, you know, I really want to play in Australia. Do you think I have what it takes? And came out to our practices and she's extremely talented. So that was really exciting. Well, your uh, powers, as it were, must have uh, rubbed off on her as she came away with the Offensive Player of the Year, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. I mean, it, it was crazy. We, we talked back and forth a little bit, but, you know, she's a true athlete and a competitor. So that's what, all you can ask for. Fantastic. So actually coming back to your pre-season training, you're going into, as you say, your fourth season now. So does the pre-season training get any easier? Uh, no, it doesn't. It's the same, you know, just breaking everything down, going into fundamentals. And then what's the hardest part, I think, now realizing coming back for the fourth season is that all of the most of the rookies, I would say nine out of ten, have never played football before. So with those new rookies, although they have talent and athleticism, and they're very intelligent, they might not have football knowledge. So you start back at square one teaching them the basics. And so that takes a lot, a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of coaching. As you mentioned there with all the rookies, being the, the league MVP and, and obviously captain of the team, um, do you find that it adds extra pressure to yourself in the preseason training and do you have to change your routine a little to, to coincide with the rookies? You definitely have to change your routine and adjust to the girls that are out there. I mean, just like you adjust on every play. I don't think it makes it more difficult. It takes, like I said, a little bit more patience. Coach Hack is great. We have a, an amazing group of group of guys coaching us. so. They're extremely, they break everything down for every one of the girls. The girls are putting in so much time and effort um, and energy just learning and picking up the skills that the veterans have already had the chance to get. So it's it's really exciting and we have a great group of, of uh, rookies coming in. And with that group of rookies, do you think you may have unearthed any more gems like when you had Ali Alberts last year? You know, we might, uh, we might surprise some people, yeah. I think that you can never stop getting better as a team. And we were a solid team last year, obviously coming away with the championship, the Legends Cup. But, you know, we needed uh, um, a few more people to push those leaders or to challenge those leaders. And I think that's definitely what we have this year. The LFL schedule has just been released for this year. Were there any teams when you saw the fixtures come out that you thought you can't wait to play them again? LA has always been the number one team to go against for Chicago and that started from year one LA and Chicago were actually in opposite conferences so Chicago was considered East Coast while LA is obviously West Coast so they played in the championship that was the one year I didn't play but coach Hack my current coach was the coach then so um, LA beat them that year and then the two my two first years so, you know, beating them last year, it's just always been a head-to-head battle coming down to just a couple of plays separating a win versus a loss. And this past season, we, pro- we proved that we were 
a stronger team. And I feel like the craziest thing is that we've always been, we've just not been able to execute and pull away with the win. So would you say then that LA would perhaps be your closest rivals or your your biggest rivals, sorry, rather than the localness of Green Bay? Uh, by far, LA, by far. Excellent. Are there any other teams that you're maybe looking forward to playing this year? Well, Green Bay, which is now, I don't know if they're changing it to Milwaukee Chill, but their home field is now in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But I love um, Annie Erler, or Annie, she got married, so now it's Annie Wetzke, but uh, I love her. We played in Canada together on the Saskatoon Siren, so we've just bonded. And as hard as it is to play against her, it's always nice to see her. So I really like playing them. You know, a game is a game. So anybody that comes to try and beat us, I love to play. So move on now to the Hall of Fame's been announced, I understand, with its uh, to have its inaugural inductee later on in the year towards the uh, Legends Cup final. And you're one of the nominees. How does that make you feel? I am, and I'm extremely honoured. I had no idea that anything like this was coming so soon, you know, with the league. But looking back, there has been a lot of a lot of great players and coaches already this now being the fifth u.s season so i'm extremely honored like i said and couldn't be happier for whoever ends up getting inducted do you have a sneaky feeling it might be your good self though or <laughs> uh i don't know there there's just no telling i've had you know every season of mine has been good two out of three i've won mvp of the league but that's not to say you know coach biz biz up has won three championships. You know, Monique Axiola has been in since the first year and she's just an amazing middle linebacker. So I wouldn't put myself above any of those players. That's very modest and fair play to you on that. But I think it's, as an idea, it's definitely good that you're getting the recognition or the players are getting the recognition they deserve by actually creating the Hall of Fame similar to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I was just having a quick look back actually over your your stats from last year and um, they're very impressive. Um, Just going through your uh, 30 out of 57 completions, 277 yards, seven touchdowns, only two interceptions. So maybe you could teach Eli Manning a thing or two. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as well, the, the rushing, I couldn't believe the five rushing touchdowns as well. So always being aware of what's around you and knowing when to scramble and when to pass it. I uh, I actually am not a huge numbers person when it comes to my own. I think in the end, I'll take a look back at the numbers if we lose, but a win is a win to me, and if our team was able to come out with a victory, then that's the most important thing. So it's nice to hear those numbers. I didn't realize you know, how good they were. Uh, the two interceptions, I don't think I should throw a single interception in a season, so that isn't my favorite number to hear, but... <laughs> Other than that, yeah, you know, just work towards that win every single game. Have a, have a bigger score on the offensive side. Before we finish off, just want to give you a chance, if our listeners out there, if they wanted to keep up to date with Rockstar News, as it were, what would be the best way for them to do that? Oh, goodness. Um, I am on Twitter. It's at Heather Fur. I don't find my, or I don't make myself very hard to find. So if you Google my name, Heather Fur, put together... You will most likely find me on Twitter, Facebook, um, where else am I? Instagram. Instagram, I think it's Heaterfer, without the H. Oh, also, you can catch me. Um, I do have my own website. It's heatherfer.com. Fantastic. And the last question I always like to ask whenever I do an interview is, can you give our rookie LFL listeners 
three reasons why they should watch the LFL this upcoming season. Oh my goodness. Rookie listeners, the LFL is real football. First of all, um, we're seven on seven tackle. We know the game. We are true athletes, competitors, and beautiful women. We're intelligent. And above all that, it's football, it's entertaining, and it's fun. I mean, it's a great atmosphere for anybody to come and watch the game that most everybody loves. There's always unexpected things that happen. It's always a great time. You're, you're standing the whole game yelling. I've, I've actually had the opportunity to watch one game. I flew out to Seattle for the Pacific Cup last year when Seattle played the BC Angels. And it was heart-wrenching, exciting. I just wanted to be on the field playing, so it was a little difficult, but Brilliant. it was a great experience. Oh, fantastic. That's great. I think that's given our, our listeners, uh, both rookies and veterans of the LFL alike, a, a good insight there. And I... On behalf of everyone at the Bullhawks Nest, we'd like to thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. In football, you come together and you, you remember those dark times. You remember everything. So to know that the girl beside you is fighting just as strong for you as you're fighting for them, that's passion and that's true love. That is teammates. Well, that wraps it up for our first episode of LFL Talk. During the season, we'll be aiming to bring you a new episode every month until after the season completes at the beginning of September. Marcus, thank you for joining me on this inaugural episode of LFL Talk. Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Absolutely. Always fun talking about LFL. Indeed. So, until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 